0: One of the roles we have is as knowledge brokers, that is to say people who need to take the responsibility to share things that we're learning that we think are useful with families, with our students, of course, with our colleagues, with policymakers, and so on. Because there are a lot of good people out there who just aren't living with the areas of child health that we live with, and so may not be up to date with the thinking and the ideas and the concepts that are important to us.
1: Welcome to the Centre of Research Excellence in Cerebral Palsy podcast, where we give you access to experts, academics and practitioners working in the treatment, management and research of cerebral palsy. We record live at the Royal Children's Hospital in Melbourne, Australia. In this episode, we hear from Peter Rosenbaum, a professor in paediatrics from McMaster University in Canada, and among other things, the co-founder of the CanChild Centre for Childhood Disability Research. Peter talks here about the F-words in childhood disability. More on that later. But first, a major issue facing researchers.
0: What I want to talk about today is the challenge and the opportunity associated with knowledge translation. And, you know, the classic idea is that you wrote a paper, got it published, your mother and three of your friends were very impressed, and the world was now a better place. And if only it were that easy. Uh, the fact that we write papers and get them published doesn't mean that people find them, read them, understand them, and use them. And there's a whole lot of other work that needs to be done. The findings from the research then need to be put into under people's noses, into their hands, into their minds, and so on. So I'm going to tell you about some knowledge translation work that we've been doing about the F-words um, and uh, really take you on a bit of a journey that I hope will be helpful to you in the work that you're doing or proposing to do. The World Health Organization in 2001 produced a framework for health called the International Classification of Functioning uh, Disability and Health. The, the ICF, I like to think of the ICF as a rule in kind of concept. Instead of ruling out to make the diagnosis, we rule in things that are relevant about body structure and function, about functional needs and activities, participation, personal factors, environmental factors. And what we did then was to, uh, very tongue-in-cheek, to remind people that we're interested in fitness and function and fun and friends and family and future. Those are the F words, the acceptable F words. Um, and we then started to promote these ideas in various ways. And what, was, what has been particularly exciting is how much parents have found and responded to these ideas. So one of the early things that happened was that I had some communication uh, with a parent in England. And she wrote to me and I thought, and uh, she didn't try to hide anything but I thought she was writing as a therapist about she asked about physical therapy for a six-year-old with diplegic cerebral palsy and I wrote her back and answered the question that I thought she was asking and said you may be interested in this paper which is which we've just written and she wrote back oh, I said tell me more about the child so she wrote back and said well actually he's Alfie and he's my son And we then got into a a conversation which has uh, developed into quite a good working relationship with us. Well, one of the things that she did immediately was take the F words and create what she called an F words agreement.
1: For those without immediate internet access, the F words agreement is like a written request where Alfie tells everyone around him the F words as they apply to him. For example, function, I want to do stuff and it doesn't matter if I don't do it the same as everybody else. And my personal favorite, fun, whatever floats my boat.
0: And the F-words agreement is a little statement uh, that she created uh, that says, my name is, in her case, her son's name is Alfie, and she talks about Alfie, so I'm not giving away any secrets. Um, I am so-and-so many years old. And then she puts down, uh, for each of the F-words, what his current goals are. And it's really quite fascinating because her idea was that this would introduce Alfie and his life to the people working with him. So that's one example of an adaptation that we'd never thought about that she immediately started using and allowed us to use.
1: The F-Words paper, authored by Peter with Dr. Jan Willem Gorter, was popular. With 6,400 downloads, a number of citations, and prominent therapeutic use, the F-Words approach was gaining traction. Still, though, a commitment to knowledge translation was paramount.
0: If we think about the literature, most of us read the literature um, sometimes. If we're researchers, we probably read the literature more often. If we have a complicated case, we go to the literature to see what people are writing about that particular situation, the best treatment, the best uh, uh, ideas for understanding it, and so on. But I like to think of the literature increasingly as the raw material for researchers, so much of what's written these days is so dense it's so difficult i'm I'm one of the editors of developmental medicine and i actually speak english uh, and many of the papers that are submitted are english and i have trouble understanding at least a third of them because they are so dense with respect to what they've done to the technologies that are being used to the uh, complex statistical analyses and so on and i'm only saying that with respect to the fact that if we expect each other and our colleagues and so on to read the literature, we need to make it accessible, which means we either have to write in plain language, which seems to be difficult for many of us, or we have to take the key ideas and make them accessible in other ways. And so at CanChild, we've had a major interest in knowledge translation for a long time, and knowledge translation is called knowledge mobilization, knowledge activation, various, there's various jargon, of course, for these things. But the way it, in which we think about it is the creation, synthesis, and dissemination of research evidence in a user friendly and accessible way that is relevant in our case and meaningful for youth, families, and healthcare providers. I'm going to say more about this in a minute because I think this is a very important aspect of what we do. Again, an example from this building is the way in which uh, Professor
1: Graham and his colleagues Some quick decoding. This building means the Royal Children's Hospital. Professor Kerr Graham, orthopedic surgeon. Took the gross motor function classification
0: word pictures and translated them into some very clear, very nice, very accessible drawings. Bill Reid drew these pictures and they're used all over the world. And if you Google GMFCS, up come these Melbourne Children's Hospital, Murdoch Research Institute pictures of something that was published in a journal article but became accessible in part because of these kinds of pictures. So that's a really nice example of knowledge translation.
1: Those pictures also on our website, crecp.org.au. A PhD student working with Peter is pushing the envelope with knowledge translation. Peter sees the success of a three-minute video on the F-words as epitomizing the benefits of good knowledge translation.
0: That video has now been viewed 2,000 times. What she did was to encourage uh, people in our community to look at it and evaluate it. And the evaluation was extremely positive. The first 137 people evaluated it. About half those people had not heard of the F-words before, so this wasn't simply people uh, and hadn't heard of the ICF before. These weren't just people coming along for the ride because they knew about it. Most of them, almost 90%, said they would share the video, 93% said they were interested to learn more, and 98% either extremely liked or liked the ideas. We had a couple of people that were upset with the implication of the original F word and wrote that F word to tell us what they thought of us, which we thought was pretty funny. Um, And the video is still up and if you go to the CanChild website, you can see it. And again, it's just a very simple introduction of these ideas. So the point about that part of the story is, if you have new ideas, you can potentially translate them into accessible materials very easily. The work that we've done as clinicians and researchers uh, has been very much complemented, with complement with an E as in made bigger, uh, by families. But I wanted to tell you a little bit about the, uh, the way in which Maria, the uh, physio at one of our children's treatment centers, uh, has used this. She got in touch with us and asked us about three months ago whether we had any ways for clinicians to use the F-words. And we said we weren't sure what she meant, and she then told us that she really liked these ideas and wanted to use them with families in clinic. And she would created a very simple uh, tool that she completes with the family. So Maria has used, again, used her imagination to develop this idea and now is, is very much a colleague with us, sharing with us the experience she's had, She's already been asked by other people whether they can use her material. She said no, not yet, because she doesn't feel it's ready. But she's essentially pilot testing and field testing this, and this is fine with us because these ideas are free. Um, But it's just a lovely example of how we can learn from each other.
1: We've heard a lot about using the F-words, but what are they,
0: really? To me, the F-words are about a way to think about what we're trying to communicate with families about their children with impairments, a positive orientation to child and family development, an emphasis on the possibilities, a focus on functioning and achievement on the children's own terms. Jan Willem, Jan Horter, whom many of you know, uh, said, uh, To me, the F words are a way of expressing our perspectives in childhood disability which is a paradigm shift from the traditional thinking. And the beauty is that researchers, service providers, and parents seem to find common ground in the F words. And he said, I think this can be a starting place for everyone to do anything, including advocacy, knowledge, creation, and so on, in the end to drive change in practice. And I will just add in a comment here about a question that's often asked to us is, yeah, that's just all fine, but what about the policy makers? policymakers in government are smart dedicated caring people the only but I would add is if they don't live in the world of child illness and childhood disability they're not necessarily in a a position to keep up with changing ideas I've had the opportunity to meet with deputy ministers of health education social services and so on and they love these ideas they won't otherwise find them and they will go on thinking about all the medical treatments that kids need to get fixed. And fixing's a great idea, but we don't do it very well. But if we can share these ideas with people who are in a position to uh, develop policy, change practice, and so on at a political and policy level, then we're doing our job as knowledge brokers. Julie, a parent in Newfoundland, which is just a thousand miles east of us in, ha- in Canada, uh, said, for parents, I believe the F-words represent a family-centered approach to child development, where the program planning considers important aspects of the child's life outside of the standard therapeutic goals. And she's one of the people who's been promoting these ideas. So the ways in which we think these can be applied in practice... Uh, are clearly very wide, and and, um, I I would leave it to you to think about how you can do this in your setting if you think these ideas are worthwhile. But equally, the other things that you're doing, because I'm I'm not selling the F-words, they're free, we can't mandate that these ideas are used. But the more that people write, teach, talk about the ICF, the more chances there are to add the F-words ideas. Uh, These are, after all, examples of how to operationalize the ICF and make it real. Best of all, and this is getting to the punchline, if parents use and promote these ideas at clinics and doctor's appointments, they become the most important and powerful knowledge brokers. And I have for a long time felt that the better we can do in communicating what we understand about kids and their health to families in plain language the more likely we are to see the system change. When parents come in with the latest ideas, they challenge us, hopefully good-naturedly, to uh, use those ideas and to figure out whether those ideas are applicable to their child. So I see parents as a potentially very important knowledge broker force uh, in our work. And I think we have a huge opportunity and responsibility to work actively with them to share our ideas. Um, So the call for action is for us to be embracing, whether it's this set of ideas or other sets of ideas, but doing so in a way that is clear and understandable to people. And for researchers, I think we either need to think outside the box or get rid of the box. Uh, I think we have been in boxes, we have been constrained in how we've been thinking, and we either make the box bigger or get rid of the box because we shouldn't be constrained as we have been. The bottom line is we need to persist with our ideas. Nobody's ever going to love our work as much as we do. Um, So if we think it's useful, we need to figure out how to share it. We need to listen to other people's ways of using it. And again, to to finish up, the role as knowledge brokers, the, the role of sharing how we are thinking about our field, and particularly the field of disability, which is changing so much for the better, I would add, um, sharing those ideas with other people, listening to people saying things that, that either might make us raise our eyebrows or get our hackles up, and instead of getting angry, saying, well, you know, we're thinking about and talking about and acting about these things differently now. Have you got five minutes to, to, to listen?
1: That was Professor Peter Rosenbaum talking about knowledge translation and the F-words in childhood disability. Learn more about Peter's work and find links from this episode at our website, crecp.org.au. Thank you for listening to the Centre of Research Excellence in Cerebral Palsy podcast. To access all our past episodes and to make sure you don't miss an episode going forward, make sure you subscribe to this podcast using your favourite podcast app. was a Trixie studio production. Find out more at Trixie.xyz.